Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Other Side Podcast mission is to discuss important cultural and social issues relating to race, culture, gender, and equality. Welcome. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Other Side Podcast. I'm Scott Kirk here with my buddy, Lucas Sullivan. I'm back. He's back. We missed you, man. I was in Vegas and then Florida. Some much needed R&R. You're just going to rub it in like that, huh? Yeah, I'm just going to rub it in. And joining us in studio is Sean Walton, a partner at the law firm of Walton and Brown. And also joining us by phone is Cerise Allen, who's a private detective with Magnify Investigations. For our listeners at home, you know, we love playing trivia. And the last time both of these people were here and we played trivia, we had a great time. So I thought, why not have them back for a a rematch? Well, before we get to the fun part, I guess we should probably talk about something serious. Recently, one of our prior guests actually passed away. And so we definitely want to celebrate his life. His name was Ruben Herrera and he's a uh, local activist who worked hard on behalf of immigrants and and immigrant rights and so we want to talk about him and then we also want to talk about another activist here in the city who lost her life Amber Evans who went missing in January of this year her body uh, was found several months later in the Scioto River so Cerise I know that you feel very passionately about Amber and, and her case what are your thoughts? I was really taken back, just so we're clear, about the whole thing, but I was more taken back by the process of it all. And just to be clear, this is my first time ever encountering something like this in terms of, I guess, what is now being called a suicide. And I was just more concerned throughout the whole process, obviously for her family, but just making sure that it wasn't necessarily ruled a suicide and that it was actually investigated. And I feel like the ball was dropped on her tremendously. I will always feel like that. And I I attempted myself to try to investigate this, but just, you know, my personal feelings, I had to kind of walk away from it. But I'm just a little sad by that. I just feel like everything was dropped on her when this happened because it was ruled a suicide so early on in her case. And I have no other words than that. I mean, I just wish that something would have just happened that would have resolved this for her family and for her friends and for this entire community. And right now, we still are sitting back months later with no answers. Even that her body has been found, we still have no answers. Suicide is a tough thing to tackle, but the circumstances I think that you're describing around this are, and just in case people aren't aware, is that, and just to sum it up, you know, she disappeared. In the beginning, there were a lot of people who were a little upset about the lack of aggression by police and looking for her. And she had had been missing for several weeks, and then, you know, word got around that she was a local activist, that she had been involved in protests.
protests involving violence against people in the black community by police. And so that took this up another notch because you had someone who had been very outspoken and not afraid to speak her mind on these issues. And she disappeared. At the very end, Sarisa, we have the loss of another young life, of a beautiful life of someone who wasn't afraid to stand up for what she thought was right. Absolutely. And that's why I just felt like something should have been done more urgent to find her, given the situation. And it was not. Sean, did you get involved in any of this? I mean, I'm sure your phone was ringing. Uh, you know, so there wasn't any uh, legal involvement on my end. Um, Amber was a, a friend, you know, and we met through the work that we both do. And so I got a text the first morning after the night that she went missing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it, it just said Amber's missing. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe she, you know, just didn't have her phone and, you know, she would be found pretty quickly. And, you know, we quickly found out that it was it was much more. And, you know, so I was personally involved. And, you know, honestly, it, it's, it's been very tough to, to deal with just because I know you know we've had personal conversations amber and i and i know how passionate she was about everything and you know the thought that potentially the the work that she did and the stress and the toll it took could have possibly you know because we don't know if it's a suicide it could have possibly caused her to say you know i I just i just can't take it anymore you know that's been tough to grasp she was a an amazing person you know i i can think back to uh, my wife and i were on a trip in france and she called me because obviously she's always working and she didn't know i was (laughs) in france Mm -hmm. and i'm in a restaurant and i I answer and I say, hey, make it quick, you know, because we're overseas. And I don't want to pay this extra money right. <laughs> for the call. And, uh, you know, she said, uh, oh, you know, I um, I love France. You know, I, I spent time over there studying. And then she started texting me, you know, in French. And she was just an, an amazing person who was able to balance, you know, my eyes, balance caring, you know, so passionately about people, but also having a personal connection with them and being able to talk to them. So, you know, that morning that I got that text, I, I went out and I kind of drove around, you know, that area because there was a search party that morning. And I know I, I couldn't make it. I had to go to court, but I kind of drove, you know, drove around in my car, just hoping that maybe I'd, I'd see something that, you know, could help out. And then as weeks passed and time passed and it became more clear that something serious had happened. It was it just, you know, it was a tragic situation. Legally, you know, I, I didn't have any involvement. I kept a, an eye on it. And I know there were a lot of questions and issues surrounding, you know, the investigation because she was so such a loud voice concerning police issues. You know, I pray that everything was done, you know, that they could do for her. I don't, I don't want to think that they could have let any political issues or any, you know, social justice issues impact finding a missing person. But it is, it is a concern and it's something that, you know, hopefully uh, the family can have answers concerning what happened. Hey, Cerise, like, I, I know that you do what you do and she, her role was different, but you guys kind of were after the same thing. And I, I'm just wondering, like, yeah, you got, I mean, you guys were after, you know, you wanted the same type of awareness raised and the same type of justice served. And I'm just wondering for you, you know, when you see someone and meet someone who has that kind of same light that you do, what it's like to see that and then what it's like to lose that. It's devastating. Like, it's devastating. Amber, and just like Sean said, she was a hard worker. And I, and you're right, because her and I worked in tandem together on a lot of stuff. And we communicate and worked well in terms of getting what needed to get out there with the public, in terms of the investigation piece of things, because that's what I do. And I can assure you, there was not an issue in this city that Amber was not there. Whether it was issues in the black community, whether it was the LGBT community, whether it was immigration issues, whether it was health care, Amber was around 
fighting that full-fledged. And there was a point in time where I had to take a break from this myself, walk away from this, because it is mentally draining on a person. And so I, you know, I always commend Amber because she always kept going. And she was the epitome of mental health. I mean, she understands what this brings to you, and she understands how this can drain a person and how it can take away from your family and your personal time. So for me, you know, she was the whole reason that I walked away from things and took a break because she insisted that I do that because things get really hard in this business. Mm -hmm. And so it was really hard even knowing that she would do something like that because she was always about taking care of your mental health, period. I think for me, I I didn't have an opportunity to meet Amber, but I think this is just kind of a reminder. You never really know what's going on in somebody's head and what they're dealing with. And just outwardly, they may seem like the most uh, enthusiastic or, or happy or go lucky person. You just really don't know what somebody's dealing with at home or in the, inside their own head and inside their own feelings. And so I think a lot of times when someone takes their own life or it's believed that they took their own life, for a lot of people, it's hard for them to accept because they say, oh, well, I, the last time I saw her, she was this or she's always that. That's why pushing people to seek mental help or to pay attention to their mental health is important. Yeah, we, and we just don't talk about it just, enough. Yeah, we just, Like, we don't check in. And even if you do check in, you know, giving it more than a passing blow of, you good? And right. kind of moving on. But I think the one thing that I've talked to Amber and I've talked to Ruben, and Ruben, Ruben was the equivalent of Amber sticking up for the rights of immigrants, especially for the Hispanic community. To me, it is, it takes an unknowing toll to those who aren't involved in it to constantly stand up and constantly walk into spaces where you're not welcome, where you're treated a certain way, where there's, you know, mentally it just wears on you. And I just don't think a lot of people feel that they can say, you get me, like you get it. And because they're not in it. And so it's hard to have a conversation about it. It just really is. And the thing that I feel a little sad about, and, you know, as journalists, you meet people, you develop relationships when you interview people like this and you talk to them about these issues, you care that they care and you see that it's so important to them. And really the sad part is it's just two less voices that were loud voices and I didn't check in on them enough. I mean, there's nothing a journalist can say, you know, we just don't do it enough. And I'm not sure if that's enough. Maybe it's a little arrogant to say that. But, you know, Cerise just described that Amber took time out to push her and could see something in Cerise that she needed to check out and take care of herself. And, you know, if it's true, what happened? Maybe people were pushing Amber and, and, you know, Ruben's situation is different. He had a medical issue and it just was sudden. And that's devastating, too. It's just suicide. It's just it just leaves people in a position that it's tough to grapple with. For me, I think what really we have to be mindful of is, is how much others you know how much people like Amber and Ruben give of themselves you know and now we don't have them anymore and you know they left a legacy of of service you know of servant leadership and, and that's important but as they're giving so much of themselves you know how much are we pouring into them and it's a small community like you said and, and a lot of times you can feel like it's us against the world what I can say about both Ruben and Amber is they were everywhere you know yeah. no matter what the you issue saw was them. you saw him you know Ruben's at the courthouse first time I met him or even saw him was at after Henry Green was, was shot and killed down at the courthouse and, you know, Reuben stood out. Yeah. And so I saw Reuben holding signs and from that point on, he was everywhere, you know, so they give of themselves and, you know, we have to be mindful of caring about people because we look at the issues and they fought for issues and they were always fighting, 
But, you know, as you guys stated, how often did we, you know, speak to them as people and show that we care about them as people despite the issue? Right. And maybe this is an opportunity for the activist community to realize that they need to support each other and not just support each other in their causes, but support each other spiritually and emotionally just to check on each other and make sure that they're okay. And then the other question is, is, you know, these people have left such huge voids. Who's going to fill those shoes? I I think, you know, who's going to carry on that work, I think, is is another important question. So hopefully there'll be some other people in the community to step up and continue with their fight. So one thing I do want to point out, though, is I think this can be an opportunity for other people because there's been articles written about Amber and Ruben for non-activists, non-organizers to understand that, you know, organizers are our people first. And so, you know, it goes back to like where our country is. You know, we're, we're so divisive and looking at issues. If you're a Republican, I can't stand with you. We can't talk. If you're a Trump supporter, I, I can't, you know, stand with you and talk and vice versa. If you're, you know, Black Lives Matter or, you know, you're pro immigration, you know, we're on opposite sides. But I think activists and organizers support each other, you know, because it is such a small community, but they're also ostracized. So I think we need to understand like Amber and Ruben, they came from a place where they were people first, they care and they care so much about people that that's what caused them to, you know, fight so hard. Sure. And, and so they support each other. I think we need other people to support frontline folks and just know them as people. Yeah. And in that regard, I ask myself, do I feel that passionate enough about something that I would do what they did? Lead protests, stand up to power. I saw Ruben seek out the Franklin County prosecutor and kind of get in his chest. We have pictures of Amber marching down High Street, you know, after the police shootings of Henry Green, Tyree King. And, you know, she was involved in a group that went to city council and stood on desks and demanded action. And that stuff isn't easy. You know, you may not agree with the mission. We've had people on the show that don't agree with the mission, but they appreciate the struggle and the effort it takes to lead something like that for change. And so I get what you're saying about filling that void. I'm not sure you can ever do that when you lose people like that, but hopefully, you know, more people step in that space because we need to represent those voices in our articles, in the videos. You know, they need to be on TV, just like Amber and Ruben were. And it's a vital service to the community. We should also note that Amber's boyfriend, Mark Kondo, told the dispatch that Evans would not want her death to be used to criticize Columbus police, whose search efforts to find her body were hampered by weather and the conditions of the Scioto River at that time. Okay, that was an awesome discussion. But now let's lighten things up, have a little fun. Unfortunately, we lost Cerise. Like I said, she's on surveillance, so we'll have to have her back to play trivia another time. But right now we're going to have a trivia rematch with Lucas, Sean and me. So the way the game works is Patrick will read the question. You can't see the questions. Patrick will read the questions. I have no prior knowledge of the questions or the answers. Patrick's going to read the question. If you know the answer to the question, you say your name once he calls on you acknowledges you go ahead and answer the question if you answer the question incorrectly then it moves on to the next person if somebody knows the answer if no one knows the answer then we just move on to the next question the person with the highest score at the end wins all right where was richard nixon when he delivered the infamous i am not a crook speech lucas he was in the white house in washington no scott he was at Congress in Washington. No. Do you have an answer? This is law. The, you should probably know the this. The Oval Office. What? I said that. I know you did, but that was my answer. And I, I, no. I have nothing. Where was it? Disney World in Orlando. Oh, I never wow. would have guessed that. Wow. Okay. Next question. That's funny, actually. Who was the first U.S. president to be impeached? Scott. Sean. Go ahead, because I don't know. Andrew Jackson. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. that. Do I you, did know. It's got the year. Do you know what year? Mm. 
No. Wait, wait, you said Andrew Johnson, right? No. You said you Andrew said Jackson. Jackson. Oh, it's Andrew Johnson. I said Johnson. Did no, you? you said Johnson. No, I said Jackson. So we'll give it to you. <laughs> Next question. What inland U.S. state has the longest shoreline? Scott. Maryland. No. Lucas. You said your name. Go ahead. He don't know. No, you you see, when you start stroking his beard <laughs> like that, that means he doesn't know. Go ahead. Ohio. No. Inland shore? Rivers? Sir, shore. You think the Scioto Bank is, is a shore? Yeah. All right. Well, it wasn't Ohio. Sean, do you have an answer? No. I'll Can I try again? No, it's Michigan. All right. Who became a vice president and president of the United States without ever being elected to either Lucas, office? Harry Truman. No. Anyone else? Scott, George Washington, and Andrew Jackson. Is that two answers? <laughs> you gave you two said presidents. president and vice president. It's right? all, it only lists one. It's one person. George yeah. Washington. No. Sean? I'm going to say Gerald Ford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was right. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Nixon impeachment, yeah. and then he didn't run. Don't yeah, be like, yeah, because you didn't know either. Oh, I thought it was Truman. Okay. Wow. So what's he got, two? He has two. And you have how many? None. The same as you. And this is the last question. Yeah. You're going to lose. The win is in the bag. Look, don't I'm, try to I'm live vicariously through him. You're right. still losing. <laughs> like, it's, you the can't share his, his victory. I need, I need this one for See, the shut up. <laughs> all right. The next one says, the United States Supreme Court consists of how many judges? Scott, nine. Yeah. Let's do one final one. You guys might know this. How many football teams? Teams are in the American National Football League. This Sean. is not a fair question. I don't know eight. about sports. Yeah. No, Sean. no, no. I should not. I had this is Sean an unfair list. question. Ahead, now you said the American National Football League. Yes, thirty-two. Yes. Okay, thank you. I'm also a sports agent, by the way. NFL. Look at that. That is that. not fair. <laughs> what do you mean it's not fair? It's I don't know. I don't it's, know it's nothing about sports. Well, sorry. You know what? Thank you for joining us again for another episode <laughs> of the Other Side Podcast. We may come back. We may not. We may come back. We, about, we, may we not. about to duke it out. No, but seriously, thanks again, Sean, for coming in. We really appreciate you coming back. And um, thanks again to Cerise, who's out there, yes, hopefully being safe. And for everybody else out there, don't forget, we love to hear from our listeners. So please check us out on our Facebook page at Facebook slash group slash Other Side Podcast. Or you can always tweet us at other side underscore pod and until the next time try to see things from the other side thanks just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left listen to where secrets go to die the disappearance of Derek Hennigan From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.